North Pole Hotline. Help! My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving, and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bag full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusion supply. See stores for details. Blog Talk Radio. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening. You've reached Dr. Low Radio. Thanks for tuning in to another show. I hope you guys are having a really, really great week and planning to spend some time with the family and friends and just chill out. I know I am. I'm headed to Colorado on Sunday. I'm going to take all next week off, and I am so excited just to chill out, recharge my batteries, and really just kind of heal up and rest up so I can really bring it in 2013. So I'm looking forward to a vacation. So we're going to have a great show tonight. I'm really excited to have Dr. Paul Jaminet on the show. I met him at the Ancestral Health Symposium um, in Boston a few months back, and he has written a wonderful book, The Perfect Health Diet, and it's got a brand new um, updated version and with some really great um, tips in here and some really just some this is just a beefy book and it, I say beefy because you know I know that he advocates for beef grass-fed of course but because it's just got a lot of really useful life-changing information and it really came about out of his own effort to heal himself and this is just the culmination of his research and his his wife's research as well so looking forward to the show tonight and we're going to give a book away to the first caller who calls in and asks asks a question. So I'll give you guys a little bit of uh, some, uh, you know, give you guys some strength and courage to call in. I know I, I, I get emails and people in the clinic asking me questions, and, and I swear it's like having people call in is the scariest thing in the world. And it's like, I'm doing the show. I'm the one on the air, you know. <laughs> so just funny. So you guys call and ask a question, and we'll give you a free book. So And it's wonderful. And it, you know, makes a good Christmas present, good stocking, stocking stuffer, I should say. Um, speaking of delicious paleo food, I know that we've been chatting about some really great uh, recipes on the show. Today, I had the most delicious paleo bread of all time. Shauna, she's our patient coordinator here at the clinic, she made just this crazy banana paleo bread. So I'm going to put the recipe on my Facebook page, and uh, you guys can try that out for the holidays. Um, and my Facebook page is facebook.com slash Dr. Lowe Noel, and I'm also on Twitter, twitter.com slash Dr. Lauren Noel, and um, I'll have that by tomorrow. I'm going to have her write it up and give that to you guys because it was crazy, and it was sweetened with bananas only, really, really ripe bananas, and a little teeny tiny bit of honey, and uh, it was just delicious. It was didn't taste like paleo bread. It tasted like the bad stuff, you know? <laughs> Um, let's see here. What else? Oh, the number to call in, I guess, if you guys would like to do that, 818-495-6919. So Dr. Paul Jaminet, he was an astrophysicist physicist at Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics, became a software engineer during the Internet boom, and now provides strategic advice to entrepreneurial companies in the software, media, and health industries, his experience overcoming a chronic illness led he and his wife, Xu Ching, a vascular biologist and cancer researcher on the Harvard Medical School faculty, to investigate the optimal diet and how diet can be used as a therapy for chronic disease. So I love this. I mean, I'm all about 
food as medicine. So it's really, really great. It's all about healing your body with nutrition. So together, Paul and Sho Ching wrote their book, The Perfect Health Diet, Four Steps to Renewed Health, Youthful Vitality, and Long Life. And you can learn more about Dr. Jaminet at perfecthealthdiet.com. So Dr. Jaminet, thank you so much for being on the show, and welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Oh, hi, Lauren. It's great to be with you. Yeah, it's good to have you. Hey, where do you live, by the way? I don't think I ever found out. Oh, I live in Cambridge, Boston, and uh, not oh. that far from the Harvard campus. Cool. So you are up kind of late. Well, I guess it's only, is it? Yeah, it's like 9 o'clock out there, right? Yep, that's right. Well, thank you for staying up. I appreciate that. It's very, very kind of you to be with us. And um, how are things out there on the east? You guys kind of chilly? Um, no, it was quite warm today, but rainy. Um, yeah. So it's been a uh, a little bit dreary the last uh, week or so, but uh, I, I, I'm excited. It's the Christmas season, and uh, we're going to be seeing family this weekend and uh, uh, getting a whole bunch of kids home from college. In the next yeah. Really cool. Are you going to be sticking around uh, Boston? Are you going to travel for the holidays? Yeah, well, we'll we'll travel to Connecticut for uh, just a day or two, um, and we'll take a, a day or two off probably to do some hiking. But uh, for the most part, we'll be here. Nice. Really cool. I hope you have a great holiday. And um, I loved reading your book, and it's a, it's a really, really great book. It's very well written. You can tell you put a lot of time and energy into this book, a lot of research. Um, and I would love to hear a little bit about your story because I know that was a really big motivation for writing this, obviously, is, you know, learning more about how to heal your own body. And I know you and, um, you know, and Sho Ching, you guys, and am I pronouncing it right, Sho Ching? Yes, exactly. Okay. And you guys had your own health issues. So tell us a little bit about your story and what, what had you write this book? Well, um, we, we sort of had a, a long history of interest in, in health because of, our, our parents' health problems. So um, my mother was diagnosed with cancer while she was pregnant with me, and she ended up dying when I was 10. And Sho Ching's father died of a stroke when she was 12, and Sho uh, Ching helped care for him uh, the last months of his life. She was with him when he died. So he was uh, uh, paralyzed and needed to be uh, turned and uh, fed and so on. So... Um, you know, so those were sort of uh, formative experiences. I, I seem to have caught um, a chronic infection either in the womb or at birth or soon after. And uh, so I was in and out of hospitals for the first four years of my life, had some surgeries uh, to deal with chronic ear infections that didn't respond to antibiotics. And I eventually learned about 40 years later that they must have been fungal because I kept having these chronic fungal infections, and uh, uh, they were frequently in my ears. And uh, anyway, um, but we didn't figure out very many things until much later. And uh, um, I had the experience of, you know, I had a a lot of acne as a teenager. Um, Mm -hmm. I developed rosacea and hypothyroidism in in my 20s and had um, a lot of fatigue and then just had you know, sort of decaying health, and I started to develop neurological problems. I couldn't keep my balance. I started losing my memory. And, uh, 
you know, so I, I kept going to the doctors and I would complain about these symptoms, but they didn't recognize any conditions and you know, couldn't diagnose anything and test didn't turn anything up. And uh, so it was all kind of mysterious and, you know, I, I got frustrated. And, uh, you know, but eventually I found the paleo diet. And, uh, um, and by the way, my wife had chronic health problems of her own at the same time, uh, including hypothyroidism, endometriosis, um, other issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so, you know, we were both interested in how could we heal our health, and we were both, uh, you know, learned the hard way that, you know, doctors can't necessarily do anything about a lot of health conditions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but we found that uh, the diet could have a big effect. So that was really the only variable in you know, 15 years of searching that we had found that, that did have an effect on our conditions. And it didn't resolve them quickly. In fact, we had a lot of problems over our first few years on paleo diets. But just the fact that it had a big effect, you know, motivated us to try to figure out, you know, what's going on. You know, so we felt like we were finally on a track that was productive and, you know, could lead us to a solution. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was kind of fortunate. It turned out, um, you know, whatever I had was largely treatable. Um, I seem to have had a bacterial infection and a fungal infection, and uh, you know, both responded to treatment. And uh, um, and diet helped tremendously. Diet and nutrition, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I eventually felt great and. Uh, um, you know, so we basically felt like we had learned an awful lot after spending, you know, sort of five years of research figuring out how to refine a paleo diet, and we should write up what we learned and find out if it could help other people, too. Mm-hmm. So we were pretty confident that it would help other people, and it turned out it did. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, we've had several hundred reader reports. We've had cures of chronic diseases, all kinds of chronic diseases. So we have... a reader results page on our website with some examples. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so it's been it's been really exciting, you know, to learn all these things about diet and to be able to share the information and find that it helps people. And, uh, you know, so it's a lot of fun to, you know, go on our blog and, you know, talk about the things that we're thinking about or, or the things that we've learned and, uh, uh, and hear back from readers if they've had success. And it's very exciting. Now we're doing the new edition of the book with Scribner, and we're very excited about you know the chance this gives us to reach a very broad audience. Wow, that's really exciting. So you got to heal yourself, and now you're paying it forward and helping other people. So it's really great. So what is what is the perfect health diet? Give us kind of a, a little summary. Like, what is it exactly? Well, it's... Uh, the, the design of it uh, is basically to try and nourish the body optimally, so give us the optimal amount of every nutrient and find out a combination of foods that will do that. And the combination that we ended up with is maybe about three-quarters plant food, a quarter animal food, um, but they're all whole natural foods. Um, and it's very much in the, the paleo style, uh, with a few minor differences, like we prevent white rice, um, mm-hmm. and we encourage white potatoes and uh, uh, some other foods that 
um, a lot of paleo diets have avoided. Um, so we recommend, uh, you know, basically a mix of uh, a lot of uh, starchy in-ground plants, uh, some sugary in-ground plants plus fruits and berries, uh, some vegetables, especially fermented vegetables, um, all different parts of animals, uh, including bone broth and uh, organ meats, as well as uh, muscle meats, and uh, and fats that tend toward saturated fat, like uh, dairy fat or tropical plant oils, like coconut oil or tree nut butters. Um, and so we uh, discourage a lot of modern foods like vegetable seed oils, uh, table sugar, and uh, grains. Mm-hmm. And do you also discourage nuts or just nut oils? Um, no, we actually uh, we actually support eating tree nuts and tree nut butters. Uh, we discourage peanuts and peanut butter. Right. Um, but uh, we sort of we regard them. We call them pleasure foods. So we have mm-hmm. a perfect health diet food plate, which is in the, in the shape of an apple with a yin yang mm-hmm. symbol, and the body of the apple represents the content of a meal. And the stem and the leaves represent pleasure foods. And pleasure foods are, you know, they're good snack foods or desserts, you know, things to make with dessert. Uh, but they're not intended to be a huge part of the diet. And we would include nuts and nut butters in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think they're, you know, they're good to include, but think of them more as snacks and flavoring agents than, than uh, you know, the bulk of a meal. Mm-hmm. Got it. Now, uh, one thing that I have that I do quite a bit in my practice is testing for food sensitivities, and you know I test for gluten sensitivity all the time, which is mostly just so people have a number to look at to say, okay, I need to be gluten free because I pretty much have everyone go grain free, you know, so it's mostly for their own motivation. But um, I also do cross reactive testing where I'll look and see do they have antibodies to other foods that would. Uh, create a, a similar type of response in the body that gluten would. And one of them, it can be rice. So so for some patients, they test positive for a rice sensitivity. So the the rice that you, you know, in your program say is okay, would that be then not okay for those patients? Or is it because it's white rice, it wouldn't create that effect of it being a sensitivity for them? What's, what's your thought on that? Well, definitely the sensitivity is going to be much stronger for for brown rice because most mm-hmm. of the proteins in rice are in the bran and and usually the bran is harder to digest than uh, uh, than the uh, the rest of the grain so mm-hmm. the white rice which has the bran removed is is much lower in protein and much lower in toxins and most of the toxins and immunogenic compounds in white rice are destroyed in cooking so it's a pretty safe mm-hmm. non-allergenic food. It's generally considered hypoallergenic. Um, now, um, now, I haven't looked into the details of, uh, uh, of rice allergies to see if, you know, all, all versions of white rice are safe and, uh, you know, how people can react. So we do include a lot of foods in our diet which people can form allergies to. You know, those mm-hmm. include you know, examples include tree nuts and egg whites and, and so on, um, and dairy. But, you know, so if people have individual sensitivities, then, you know, they may right. need to remove some of the foods from their diet. Mm-hmm. 
Sure. So it's just kind of a general template, and then it's, you know, you're going to customize and tailor it based on if there's any sensitivities, you know, based on the individual, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, got it. Now, I also test, too, for potatoes and tapioca quite a bit. So is there a particular way to prepare those foods that can make them less um, allergenic for people? Yeah, well, tapioca needs to be well-cooked. You know, so cooking uh, destroys a lot of uh, toxins from the cassava, which tapioca comes from. Um, potatoes, the key thing with potatoes is how they were handled between the harvest and, and the time you cook them. So they need to be kept in in cool, dark, uh, dry conditions. And if they're exposed to light um, or moisture or so on, then, uh, uh, you know, especially uh, light and heat uh, can tend to lead them to develop uh, toxins near their skin, uh, and some of those toxins can be uh, fairly serious. So if you ever see, you know, green in the flesh of a potato, then you shouldn't eat that potato. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, if the flesh is discolored, you should discard that part. So, um, you know, maybe a good idea to peel the potato so that you can see if it's been discolored. Um, but uh, if the potatoes have been well handled, you know, then they should have very low levels of of toxins. So, um, you know, so I think the handling is pretty important with potatoes. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, I love that you um, have huge sections in your book about what to eat for energy. That's a very common, you know, symptom that I have patients coming in. They just, they don't necessarily have a diagnosis. They just don't have energy. They just don't really have that spunk that they used to have. So what are some, um, you know, some tips you can leave with our listeners, you know, to eat for energy? What are what are your favorite strategies with that? Um, well, the section on what to eat for energy is, is mainly concerned with macronutrients, and our main concern there is to get a good balance. Um, so uh, what we recommend is around... carbs, around 15% protein, and around half of calories from fat. And, you know, most of them saturated and monounsaturated fats. Um, So I think, uh, you know, a a key thing there, and, you know, maybe it's better to talk about uh, sort of influences on body composition because that's so important for other people. And generally people will feel like they have a lot of energy if they have if their diet is creating a good body composition with you know, they put on muscle easily and they you know, don't uh put on uh fat around their waist. And you know, probably the biggest factors for that are keeping omega six fats very low, um keeping uh sugar low, you know, low fructose, so don't have mm-hmm. added sugar on anything keeping carbs around 30%, uh, uh, you know, eating enough protein, but 15% is enough protein, so you don't need to eat a huge amount of meat, um, mm-hmm. you know, but you don't want to be deficient. And, you know, making your, sat- your fats have a, sort of a saturated fat focus. So things like uh, dairy uh, is a very good source of fat, like butter, sour cream, and coconut milk is a very good fat to eat. Um, and then just getting a little bit of omega-3, like eating uh, salmon or sardines once a week uh, or eating some shellfish in order to uh, balance out the omega-6 to omega-3 ratio. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I think if people do that, 
you know, then they'll find they'll put on muscle easily. They'll tend to have an attractive body shape, um, and they'll tend to have a lot of energy. Okay, great. And then also, you know, looking at the things that could be zapping them from their energy, right? I mean, what are the, the main things that you see with that? Well, hypothyroidism is a huge problem, and, uh, you know, so many people are hypothyroid, and there's a, there's a lot of factors that contribute to that. Um, you know, some of them are nutrient deficiencies, so, you know, iodine deficiencies, selenium deficiencies, you know, can both cause hypothyroidism. There's also connections with uh, copper, iron levels, you know, so it's actually, um, you know, people should actually make use of their doctors and get their iron, iron status tested once in a while, you know, make sure it's not too high or too low. Um, you know, you can you can lower it by donating blood. Um, if, if it's too low, you may want to supplement or eat more liver or uh, something that's high in iron. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, vitamin D is a good thing to optimize. Uh, an awful lot of people get low in vitamin D in the winter especially if you're up north like we are. And uh, um, another big factor in hypothyroidism is any kind of inflammation or infection. You know, it often shows up in affecting the thyroid first. And, uh, you know, so a lot of people who have uh, gut dysbiosis or some kind of inflammatory condition uh, end up with hypothyroidism. And Mm -hmm. vitamin D is often a big help with that. normalizes immune function and it helps defend uh, the gut lining. It's uh, a key source of antimicrobial peptides. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so some other foods also help immunity, like vitamin A is important for it. So if you eat some egg yolks, um, other nourishing uh, foods, colorful plants and uh, uh, shellfish, organ meats, then uh, you should have good uh, vitamin A status. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely essential for that. We test for that quite a bit here in the clinic. It's a very common deficiency we find. Um, so, yeah, very important for that. Now, did you, uh, for yourself, I know that you mentioned you were hypothyroid as well as Chu Ching. Did you guys, uh, were you able to heal that using nutrition or did you have to still be, you know, using medication or how, how, what was your experience like? Um, well, I don't use, I don't use medication. Um, Sho Ching, I think she still uses like the tiniest dose of uh of levothyroxine once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so she goes by how she feels she gets it's I think it's like the smallest dose and she cuts it into quarters and mm. something like that. And takes it once in a while. But uh um it, so you know, I th- in general we're uh much, much better than uh, you know, than we were for the 20 years prior to yeah. uh, going on our diet. So, yeah. um, you know, sometimes it's a little hard to know, you know, if you're completely cured because you feel great and you feel normal. Um, you know, and you know, so you may have you may have very good thyroid function, um, and you look fine on all the thyroid tests. Uh, but it, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're perfectly healthy or that you could tolerate um, challenges, you know, as mm-hmm. well as uh, 
some other people might. Um, but, you know, so I think if, if you've ever had a chronic disease, then, uh, you know, you can't feel completely confident that uh, it, it, it's hard to know if you're 100% cured. Um, you know, what I know is that I feel better than I did in my 20s. I, you know, I was already having trouble then, and I feel very good now. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I think it's hard to get, you know, when you've had chronic infections, it's hard to completely get rid of them. Sure. And so, you know, you always wonder if, you know, when you get old, they'll come back. Right. It's all about strengthening the terrain, right? I mean, making you stronger, your immunity stronger, so that you can handle whatever's thrown at you. And I think that's the beauty of, you know, what your philosophy is. Yeah, that's the hope. I think, um, yeah, so we talk about that, uh, the, the terrain issue. It's, uh, you know, I think so many problems uh, that people have, they're chronic problems, and they result from uh, often chronic infections. And medicine has never really come to grips with these chronic issues. So they tend to try to treat symptoms or palliate symptoms rather than finding the root causes and fixing them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think it's... um, and one of the reasons for that is that, you know, a lot of the treatments that they have, like antibiotics, they don't tend to work as well in chronic infection. So, you know, they might reduce symptoms for a while, but then the problems come back. And uh, I think the reason is that you really need to improve the terrain, too. You know, mm-hmm. so if, if your terrain, you know, your immune function and general health and you know, diet and lifestyle and so on were such that the infection could get in and flourish, you know, once before, and you continue that same diet and lifestyle, then you know, even if you beat it down with antibiotics, then it'll come back and flourish again. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think just about everybody who's developed one of these conditions needs to improve their diet and lifestyle if they really want to recover uh, and stay recovered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's like the the central theme of naturopathic medicine. So reading that in your book, it's like, yeah, totally. You know, it's all about just work on the terrain and have the, the, the patient get stronger so that they can handle whatever's thrown at them. So you're just preaching to the choir here. So I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you improve the terrain, you may find you don't even need antibiotics or other treatments to overcome yeah. the problem. Um, in my case, I think I, I did need them, but you know, I had a relatively easy course. You know, they they worked very effectively. And I I know lots of other uh, chronic disease patients who had kind of similar symptoms to mine, but not, you know, and followed similar treatments, but didn't have uh, nearly as good results. And, you know, I think think the diet and lifestyle factors make a huge difference in that. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, you guys listening, the phone lines are open. 818-495-6919. 818-495-6919. I see a few of you guys on the switchboard. If you'd like to ask a question, press 1. And the first one who we bring on the air, we will give a free book. So that's 818-495-6919. Wait, sorry. 818-495-6919. Yeah, I said it right. Um, so, Paul, I'm curious. And do you mind if I call you Paul? Sorry, Dr. Gemini. Yes, no, go right ahead. <laughs> So I love to ask this for my, my not my patients, my, my uh, callers, my guests on the show, I should say. So what did you eat today? I love to kind of get into into your your daily routine. Well, I, I didn't have very much. So I, I do intermittent fasting, and uh, it happens that 
Uh, today, I only had one meal. I normally have two. Um, and the meal was, uh, it was leftovers, which is my usual lunch. And it included uh, a fairly big plate shaped like a bowl. Uh, it included some rice, uh, some uh, bok choy and mushrooms, some uh, steak, sirloin steak uh, that I cut up into pieces, uh, some uh, bone broth, soup, some vinegar, some coconut milk, and uh, uh, and three egg yolks. And I mixed that up and heated it up in the microwave. And uh, so that was my uh, my major meal today. And uh, um, so I normally I normally eat a small dinner around 8 p.m. But uh, because of the show, I decided to, to fast a little bit. Uh, That's great. How uh, often do you uh, do you fast? Um, well, I normally fast about. I, I eat as soon as I get hungry in mm-hmm. in the day. Um, you know, so once in a while I'll eat breakfast. Uh, but normally I I wait and I go out go running. Uh, around midday in the winter or uh, a little bit earlier in the summer. And uh, and then after I come back from running, I may have lunch. And it all depends on my work schedule. I just work until I finish something, uh, then go running, and, and then and then eat lunch. And it could be anywhere from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. that I, that I eat. And, um, and then, uh, and that's almost always made out of leftovers, like today. Uh, and then we cook in the evening, and uh, we usually have a, a smaller meal um, around 8 p.m. Um, out of what we cooked, and uh, the leftovers make make lunch the next day. Mm, got it. Sounds good. So I loved um, something interesting you you talk about in your book that is kind of against a lot of you know a lot of thought in the paleo community and also just kind of general, you know, nutrition information, right, is is using higher doses of fish oil and and your views on, you know, polyunsaturated fatty acids. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit of, about your thoughts with that and then also the, um, the combination of using, you know, fish oils or fish, I should say, with alcohol. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, well, we we generally oppose the use of, uh, fish oil or fish oil capsules, especially, um, you know. So fish oils are very fragile molecules, and uh, they easily become rancid or oxidized. Um, you know, so in fact, even if you just put DHA and keep it refrigerated, uh, it'll tend to go rancid in, in a matter of weeks. Um, and they've done experiments with with walnuts. You, you know, even if you keep walnuts refrigerated. You know, so walnuts are high in omega-6 polyunsaturated fats. Uh, they'll go; they'll start to go rancid fairly quickly on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so these fats are pretty fragile, so you really want to eat them in a relatively fresh state. So the best thing is to eat fresh fish or fish that were uh, frozen soon after they were caught, and then you, know, you unfreeze them and eat them soon. So we recommend eating salmon or sardines to get omega-3. And, uh, you know, so we're not big fans of fish oil, and we're definitely not fans of the capsules that sit on shelves for months. Uh, and those have very poor results in uh, clinical trials. They've increased uh, heart disease rates, you know, heart attack 
um, deaths. Um, and uh, sorry, what was the other part of the question? Oh, it's just uh, the combination of fish with alcohol. Oh, yeah. That was very interesting, yeah. Yeah, so, um, all right, so these polyunsaturated fats, um, you know, the liver does a lot of shuttling of, of uh, these fats around, and uh, the polyunsaturated fats are fairly reactive, and so they'll react with fructose, so in general you don't want to combine uh, sugar with uh, uh, the polyunsaturated fats, and you don't want to combine alcohol with them either. So if, if people eat diets high in polyunsaturated fats and they drink a lot of alcohol, then they get fatty liver disease. Um, and, uh, you know, now our diet is pretty low in polyunsaturated fats, and we actually are supportive of uh, drinking alcohol in moderation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so for instance, I generally have a glass of wine in the evening, um, and I probably will tonight after the show. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, you know, it's something you might want to uh, not drink very much or not drink at all on the night when you eat salmon for dinner, um, you know, just to avoid, you know, some of those potential reactions that can create mm. toxic compounds. Mm. That's so interesting. You're the first person I've ever heard that from. So it's a very interesting perspective that, you know, you go out to eat, you have a fish dinner, and maybe hold off on the wine, you know, because they usually ask, well, what kind of wine would you like with that? So, it's, it's, yeah, it's very, very interesting. Now, what if you're having all kinds of antioxidants with the meal as well to kind of counteract the alcohol? Would that make a difference or not so much? Uh, no. I, <laughs> okay. I don't think that uh, is, a good, is a good solution. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, bone broth is, is a food that I recommend all the time for patients. I prescribe it, you know, probably almost every single day. So what's what are some really great health benefits of bone broth, and, and how often do you think that people should be eating that? Well, uh, what we do, what, what we were doing for a while was we cook up bone broth every weekend and then uh, just, uh, you know, take some, you know, I, I use it as a flavoring in the, uh, you know, a lot of the meals that I make, and we also often make soup. Um, nowadays, we just kind of, you know, we have a small pot. We'll keep reboiling uh, bones, you know, so we may reboil the same bones four or five times. And, uh, um, you know, so we probably, we, we recommend in the book um, eating the equivalent of between three to seven bowls, soup bowls of a bone broth a week. Um, so the benefits are really two. You know, one is if if you're eating a whole foods diet and you're not drinking mineral water, uh, then it's very easy to be a little bit calcium deficient. So optimal calcium intake is around 700 milligrams a day. Um, typical paleo foods, if you don't eat a lot of dairy or green leafy vegetables, will provide maybe 300 milligrams a day. Mm. Um, if, if you if you eat the, you know, but bone broth is very rich in calcium and phosphorus. And, you know, so if you eat the three to seven bowls of bone broth a week, then your calcium intake will be just about perfect. Mm. Um, so no, no need to supplement or anything. And, um, and no need to eat a lot of spinach, which not everybody likes to do. <laughs> um, 
And uh, the other big benefit uh, from bones is that uh, they have they usually have a lot of joint material attached to them. Or if you get like the knuckle bones, they'll have a lot of collagen. You know, or if you get something like oxtail or ox hose or chicken feed or something like that, then you'll get a lot of collagen. And you may see collagen supplements in, you know, Whole Foods, and they they tell you, oh, this will make your skin look great and and so on. And and it's true, the collagen is really good for you. But if you look at the price of those supplements, they give you some little tiny amount, and they charge you some, you know, a tremendous amount of money. You know, whereas it, you can pick up uh, bones from a you know your local grass-fed farmer, and they're very cheap. They you know the ones around here, and they throw out a lot of their bones. So, um, you know, you can get them and you, you can make these very collagen-rich uh, soups and stocks and uh, they make, they really improve the flavor of food and you get all this collagen. And the thing to keep in mind is that extracellular matrix, which is mainly composed of collagen, is the scaffolding for every cell in the body, every tissue in the body. And, you, and that's constantly getting broken down and regenerated. And you need that nutrition. So mm-hmm. collagen is about 30% of all the protein in the body. And uh, um, if you provide the components of that in your food, then it's much easier for all of your tissues to uh, maintain their integrity, to heal themselves. Um, you know, so collagen is sort of an underappreciated nutrient uh, mm-hmm. that, that people don't get if they don't eat any joint tissue or bones. Yeah, yeah. I had a patient today in the in the IV therapy room. She just had knee replacement surgery on both both knees, and I prescribed bone broth for her. You know, every single day for the next couple of weeks, just to give her tons of that nutrition to heal up her her legs. So, but I, you know, it's a, it's a regular thing I prescribe. So, yeah, it's it's really important. And uh, you know, if she'd been she'd been eating it for the previous twenty years, she probably right. you know, would, would never have needed surgery. So. Yep, it's probably true, probably true. All right, cool. I'm going to open it up to the phone lines here. So first the caller from 619 and then 910. So caller from 619, you are on Dr. Low Radio. What's your name and where are you calling from? My name is Aaron. I'm calling from San Diego, California. Hello, Aaron. What's your question? Um, I was wondering, what's a really good diet um, for, for an athlete that's, um, you know, that's solid and building good muscle? Well, um the uh, the diet I described earlier uh, that's optimal for body composition is is also optimal for athletes. So those were macronutrient proportions. Um, the the other main thing with athletes is is meal timing. When do you get food? And you need to coordinate that with your training schedule. So what you want to do is have occasional intense workouts and then overeat following the workout. So you, you get you eat more calories than you normally would, um, both immediately after the workout and in, in the 24 hours following. Um, you want to do at least some light workouts every day, uh, okay. you know. But some of the days should be rest days, so they should be, you know, not very intense. And on those days, you can undereat calories. Uh, and uh, if you if you sort of vary your uh, your food intake according to that schedule, then it will help you uh, build muscle, recover faster from the intense workout, uh, and uh, uh, 
you know, but the under-eating on the rest days will prevent you from, you know, growing uh, adipose tissue as well. So, okay. uh, yeah, so and that's pretty much what I would recommend, you know, sort of a 30% carb, um, you know, if you're like a sprinter or something, you know, more like 40%, you know, basketball player, 40% carb, um, and uh, maybe 15 to 20% protein, maybe 50% fat, keep omega-6 very low, balance the omega-6 and omega-3 over, you know, do a large part of your training in a relatively fasted state, but then uh, overeat after your intense workouts. Mm. And then after my workout, how soon till I should be consuming food? Um, within Within the next two hours, certainly. Okay. Awesome. What's ideal, like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, or, or is just as soon as possible? Yeah, some, something like that. Okay. Great, thank Great. you. Thanks for your question. And by the way, you want a free book, Aaron. All right. You get the, the, you. Yep, you get the uh, Perfect Health Diet. So um, shoot me an email on my website, drlaurennoel.com, and um, we'll get your, your address and send that out to you. Perfect, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Have a great night. You too. Thanks. All right. Next caller from the 910. You are on Dr. Low Radio. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, Christine uh, in North Carolina. Hey, Christine. What's your question? Hi. How are you guys Hi. tonight? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, we're great. Um, I've been uh, dealing with um, leaky gut and candida due to terrible diet and being on birth control for a number of years. Um, concerned about hypoglycemia and just trying to squash the candida as much as I can. I pretty much eat a paleo diet, uh, really, really, really avoid sugars. Chocolate is my one downfall. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering what I can do to help myself a little bit more. Um, okay. Well, uh, so candida, um, I would say, you know, first of all, I... I personally had a chronic fungal infection and uh and you know treatment with flutanazole helped help me so you know you shouldn't exclude the possibility of uh you know of treatments from your doctor um, you know it's it's hard it's difficult to diagnose these uh infections so there are no good diagnostic tests and uh mm-hmm. you know and so it can be hard to get treatments from them because it's hard to you know persuade anyone that you really have have this <laughs> and um you know so in some ways you know they can be one of those conditions that you know maybe trying the treatment is the best diagnostic test also um and and sometimes people do think they have candida when when they don't um you know so that that's uh uh, another issue. Um, and you know, if, but I did, as, if I did go to... Go ahead. Um, as far as dieting for candida, um, mm-hmm. in general, most uh, plants make antifungal compounds, um, and some plants also support immunity well. So green leafy vegetables, for instance, do. Um, the oil that's the best antifungal is olive oil. If it if it's extra virgin has a lot of polyphenols, 
um, the polyphenols are antifungal. Um, uh, some other plants that are antifungal are like onions and garlic. Uh, balsamic vinegar can also help. So um, it turns out, you know, those, those big salads um, are actually mm -hmm. a very good antifungal food. Um, and, uh, you know, so a, a lot of people who develop fungal infections just don't like to eat vegetables. Um, so that, that's one dietary issue. Um, another issue is it's not a great idea to go too low carb. Uh, you know, that will tend to promote uh, fung you know, invasion of fungi into the body and their growth, it tends to suppress antifungal immunity. Um, so you do want to get some carbs. Um, you know, so I think, you know, something like 20 to 30% carbs is good um, for uh, people with fungal infections. Um, you know, so it's sort of, uh, you know, you want a good, healthy, balanced diet uh, with maybe some more vegetables than... Uh, uh, you know, than you would otherwise. Okay, thank you very much. Happy holidays, both of you. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Happy Christine. Holiday. You have a great one. Okay. Thank you. You're Bye -bye. welcome. All right. So, Paul, what what is something you wish every American knew about their health? Like, what really just gets you? You're like, oh, I wish everyone knew this. Well, you know, the thing I think is... Is really important, and every time, every time I go back and you know look at more research and revise the book, I get more and more convinced that omega-6 fats are a huge problem for us, and mm -hmm. vegetable seed oils were a disaster when we introduced them. Uh, in fact, I'm about to put up a post on my uh, Psychology Today blog um, about the. It, sort of inspired by the Newtown killer, um, you know, but in general, looking at a big picture of, uh, you know, rates of violence, uh, you know, rates of, rates of homicide were declining for thousands of years mm. up through about 1950. And since mm. 1950, they've been increasing throughout uh, most of the world. And we've also seen a huge rise in these murderous rampages and um, uh, Joseph Hibbelm and, and others have linked omega-6 intake to uh, homicide and rates of violence. And, uh, you know, there could be a connection here between, you know, how our diet has changed and uh, uh, rates of violence. It's also, our, our book goes into a lot of detail about how omega-6 fats promote obesity um, and the evidence tying them to that. Um, so, and, you know, they're also tied to heart disease, to cancer mortality, uh, and, uh, you know, so I think we made a huge mistake uh, developing all these vegetable oils and uh, and encouraging people to eat them. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, people are so busy, they want to eat prepared foods, and, you know, all the industrial foods are made with the cheapest oils, you know, like soybean oil, corn oil, and so on, mm -hmm. and... Uh, you know, they're all bad for you. So, um, you know, pretty much if you want to be healthy these days, you really have to cook for yourself and use natural, you know, plants and animal foods in your cooking and mm -hmm. uh, and pretty much, you know, stay away from the industrial foods because they're not made with healthy ingredients. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. I I couldn't have said it better. I I fully fully agree with you. I just think it's interesting, you know. Um, you know, I didn't want to bring this up, but it was just interesting about you know the shooter from the um, what was it in Connecticut, right? The children out there. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he was a vegan. And I, I know it's kind of a leap, and, yeah, I'm sure there's a, mil- a ton of different things involved, but it is just interesting. You know, if you don't have the proper nutrition to feed your brain, you know, it's not going to be it's not going to be functioning properly. You're not going to have, you know, balanced emotions and balanced thoughts. And, yeah, I'm sure, like I said, and there's a lot of different things involved, but it's just it's it's interesting, you know, and, and, the, and the rise of the violence and homicides and, yeah, it's it's just something worth worth noticing. Yeah, I I think it's a I think it's a huge issue and you know an extremely important issue and uh, you know I think we took a lot of wrong turns you know between pharmaceutical medicine you know he was also on prescription drugs uh, mm-hmm. for various things that uh, you know have some association with violence and uh, and you know so between you know all the uh dietary changes uh the cheap industrial foods you know turning what used to be waste products like cotton seeds and rape seeds and so on and into foods mm-hmm. and uh, um and then you know like the food plate and promoting all the agriculturally subsidized foods and uh you know the whole the whole pharmaceutical approach to healing has has sort of failed uh, you know, so it's interesting. The huge improvements in lifespan in the the U.S. occurred mainly between the late 1800s and 1950 or so, and uh, you know, so the life expectancy improvements have really been slowing down. And we might be living off improvements from the past, and uh, you know, the uh, uh, you know we might we might be running out of those improvements pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So everybody needs to read your book and and adopt the perfect health diet, and we'll all be happier and thinking clearer and feeling a lot better. That's for sure. Yeah, I think uh, you know that's one thing a lot of people notice pretty quickly is improvement in their mood. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, I think I think mental clarity and uh, intellectual productivity. Uh, improves a lot, at least it did for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it's a, uh, you know, I think, I, I think in general, you know, good diets can really make a huge difference in health. And I think, um, you know, one of the things I'm excited about is I feel like we and the ancestral health movement in general are you know, really putting together a strong intellectual case that can persuade, you know, a lot of skeptics, persuade almost everybody. You Mm -hmm. know, so I really think we're on the verge of, you know, becoming, uh, you know, the mainstream. Mm. And, uh, you know, having so many people who improve their health with natural, you know, diets, the kind of diets we evolved to eat, um, that, uh, you know, it becomes, you know, hard for anyone to, you know, people have to look into, have to look into it, you know, scientists, mm-hmm. doctors, uh, and so on, and they have to, uh, you know, engage with us. 
Mm-hmm. And they have to just try it for themselves and see how great they feel. You know, the proof yeah, of everything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, right. that's right. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, I think it's really, it's really been, you know, viral growth for the ancestral health movement the last ten years, and I bet it's, you know, going to continue. Yeah, well, certainly with your with your help, for sure, it's going to happen. So I, I really, you know, I really appreciate the work you're doing, and I think it's really great and. Um, you know, I just acknowledge you for for what you've done. It's just really great. Well, it's exciting. You know, it's fun. It's um, uh, you know, we when we wrote the book, it was just, you know, it was just sort of uh, you know, a feeling that that it was our duty. You know, we'd put in, you know, we spent five years figuring out how to eat a healthy diet ourselves, even after we started paleo. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it was not easy for us to you know, figure out how to get ourselves healthy again. And my wife and I are both PhD scientists and we're, you know, reasonably smart and uh <laughs> Yeah. You more know, than reasonably. Can, <laughs> and read you know, we can read scientific papers and we can investigate issues and we know how to do controlled experiments on ourselves. Um, yeah. and uh you know, and if it and if it takes us five years and a lot of wrong turns then uh you know, it it has to be sort of beyond the capabilities of an awful lot of people. So, you know, right. I think, you know, we really felt obliged to try to, you know, boil what we'd learned down and, you know, give other people an easier path. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, and so it was exciting to hear from some readers that they'd had really big health improvements and, uh, you know, that we'd succeeded in, in doing that. Yeah, it's a great feeling. That's, that's great. Well, I know this time has just flown. Um, any parting words for our listeners before I let you go? Well, um, I would say remember uh, the words of Hippocrates, let food be thy medicine. And uh, mm-hmm. um, another another thing I would say, and we talk about this in the book, that the healthiest food is also really tasty food. Mm. And you know, so our our brain evolved so it like food that makes us healthy and just like food that's not good for us. And I think people will find when they eat um, our diet or any really healthy diet, uh, the, the food will taste really good. And, uh, you know, so don't think you need to deprive yourself in order to be healthy. You, you don't. And, uh, um, you know, being... Being healthy can be a lot of fun. Yeah, so, and you feel satiated and satisfied, right? You don't feel like you're deprived and yeah, you feel like you're right. on a diet. Yeah, Yeah, it's very easy to fast, and mm-hmm. uh, and the food tastes so good, you know, you're not really tempted, you know, and, and your tastes change also. So, you know, then when you eat, you know, some of the uh, junk food or so on, then uh, wonder why people like it so much or, yeah. you know... <laughs> So Definitely. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so, like, uh, where can our listeners learn more about you, and where can they get your book? Well, our website, PerfectHealthDiet.com, and our book uh, from Scribner is at Amazon. Um, we have a Buy the Book page, which can give you more information, and uh, um, you know, but you can find it in bookstores. Um, there's going to be an article that mentions us in the January issue of Vogue, 
And, uh, wow. <laughs> you know, so there will be, um, you know, hopefully we'll be in more places. And, uh, you know, I just looked at our local bookstore. They had three copies, so uh, maybe you can find it in a bookstore. They didn't get you in some uh, fashion designer gear, did they? Did a, a, oh, a makeover? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's awesome. I'll, I'll check that out. It's great. And th- that's just another example of it hitting the mainstream. So awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think, uh, Very good. Well, keep up the great work, Paul. You're you're awesome, and I hope to see you real soon at one of these uh, paleo events coming up. And have a wonderful Christmas. You too, Lauren. Thanks. Thanks very so much. You and all, right, take all care. your listeners. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you, you guys. I appreciate the listens. It was a great show. Merry Christmas to you and your family and all your loved ones. And hold each other tight this Christmas. And really, you know, just say thanks for for everything, you know, and just I really I'm I'm being very uh, mindful about this Christmas being all about gratitude and just really being thankful for an an incredible life that I have and I encourage you guys to do the same cuz we have so much to be thankful for. In the midst of all the craziness and things to be worried about, there's way more to be thankful for. So, just a little reminder for that. Have a wonderful holiday and we will uh check you guys later. Take care. Bye-bye. Can you enjoy Thanksgiving dinner without the holiday hassles? Better believe it. The Pilgrim Sub is back at Get-Go Cafe and Market. Come and taste why it's our best-selling sub of all time. This holiday feast starts with our fresh-baked secret recipe stuffing bread. Then we load it with juicy roasted turkey, melted Wisconsin white cheddar, savory gravy, and if you like, house-made cranberry sauce. Don't wait for Turkey Day to chow down on this tasty tradition. The Pilgrim Sub is only here for a limited time. Get-Go Cafe and Market. Better believe it. North Pole Hotline. Help! My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving, and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bags full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusion supplies. See stores for details.